Texas business law, in particular video games and esports law. And post-conviction relief, the firm's committed to that original goal to help as many people as they can. C&J Law is located at 120 East Robinson Street in the Fighter Law Building here in downtown Orlando. Prior to starting the firm, Sean was prosecutor for three years and before that was a legal clerk. At his first attorney gig at the firm of Arias and Pereira, who handle immigration and criminal defense. He graduated cum laude from the University of Miami School of Law in 2015. He's a smart one and earned a master's in music business at the Frost School of Music. Prior to that, he graduated from the University of Pennsylvania as a Ivy League over there, receiving a bachelor's in sociology with distinction. I feel like you need distinction just to get into alone <laughs> graduating with it. While at Penn, he earned a minor in legal studies and history from the Wharton School of Business. New York born, Philly raised, now residing in Orlando, Florida, and he is Afro-Latino or Latinx for the new generation. So today, Sean is going to talk to us about how do you market to creatives, especially in the video game, esports industry, things like that. Before we tap into his awesome wisdom, I want to give a shout out to our last episode that aired last Monday. That was me uh, speaking with Greg Eisenberg, also of Legalese Marketing, on your 2021 marketing goals. So if you're interested in achieving and executing on those 2020 marketing plans, please watch the show that we had on last Monday. And if you're interested in how do you market to video games, esports law, and creatives of that sort, you want to watch this one. So, Sean, my friend, how are you? Good, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's really fun to get on here and just talk about this topic. I really like uh, dealing with this type of stuff. So, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. So, explain to me how you got into that. I mean, that that has to be a passion project of some sort, right? Yeah. So, at least for getting into an attorney, I've been getting in trouble at school since I was a young kid for sticking up for other people and. <laughs> And supposedly butting my nose into things that, uh, you know, were other people's business and I wasn't supposed to be paying attention. Most of the time I was like, oh, the teacher yelled at the wrong kid. I'm like, oh, they didn't really do that. You should be yelling at this person. I got in trouble. Um, And so, you know, transitioning from that to arguing at home with mom, um, everyone's like, oh, you should be an attorney. And, you know, my mom definitely trained me on making your point and having proof to back it up. Um, which has definitely helped instrumentally. And so my passion in school was either basketball or video games. Uh, that's all I did all the time. Um, and my mom said, when I got older, you should probably make some money since you're spending so much time <laughs> playing those video games. Uh, and so I ended up talking with a attorney in North Carolina, uh, whose name is Brandon Huffman. And he kind of put me on to that you could really run a firm dealing primarily with video games uh, and indie developers. And so once I kind of learned that I knew I didn't want to stay at the prosecutor's office forever. um, And I also knew, like I said in the bio, that it wasn't necessarily something I was going to be able to do at another firm because it really does take time and effort. And not a lot of people really want to put the finances and resources into branching into a field like that. Uh, So decided to start my own thing. And Sabrina long um and really kind of just grown it from there uh but definitely a passion project definitely something that i wanted to get into and it is very niche so it is kind of difficult to break in unless you kind of have 
at least some knowledge of it from someone else. Hey, niches make the riches. I think that was uh, my LinkedIn post today. So timely. Um, before we go more in depth with this, can you give everybody your contact information? So anybody who wants to get in touch with you, we've got some of it listed here on the video, but obviously we'll also have audio listeners as well. Definitely. So uh, my email is Sean, S-E-A-N, at mcnjlaw.com. Uh, and my phone number, best one to reach me, would be 407-476-7224. Uh, and lastly, you could reach me, well, I guess not lastly, but you can reach me on my website, uh, mcnjlaw.com, or, or on Twitter. I'm the one-up lawyer, uh, at, one, at the one-up lawyer on Twitter. That's my handle. I love it. The one of lawyer. It's so, it's so on brand, my friend. So, um, talk to me about this transition briefly, you know, out of the prosecutor's office into starting your own firm. And then obviously being able to handle the things that you had been doing while also going ahead and, um, while also going ahead and getting into this niche, walk me through that process a little bit. So after that initial conversation with uh, attorney Huffman, I kind of did a lot of research, tried to figure out, he actually helped me with a little bit of it, um, figuring out what there was in Orlando that I could attend and go to that would help get my name into the, into the realm. Um, so I talked with Sabrina and I knew it was like, so one what we wanted to get into. And so we had to figure out how are we going to learn this new area and get our name out there while also being able to eat food and keep a roof over our head. Um, so we did this research and what I determined I needed to do was essentially my nine to five at the beginning of the firm was doing criminal, getting cases, doing, you know, going to court, handling those type of matters. Um, and then, you know, from five to 11 was let's, Maybe, you know, I, I'm able to do a lot of stuff while playing games. So I'll put on like 2K or something, which I don't need to pay attention to, and put on a CLE next to me and just listen to a CLE while, you know, learning, let's say, how what's the best terms that need to be in a contract and that type of stuff. And then uh, in Orlando, there's a group called Indianomicon. Um, and it is a group for independent developers uh, where they can kind of show off what they've done. They can meet other people in the realm uh, and do other, other social things rather than just programming. Uh, and so uh, I figured out where that was and just started going to, to those meetings. Um, and, but yeah, the, I mean, the main thing was that time management where, you know, I need to focus on the thing that will keep the, the doors open while I'm learning this new thing. So I like the, we got the one big takeaway and then I want to follow up on the last thing you talked about. So basically in essence, what you're saying is for somebody trying to make that transition, you know, do as little or as, or I guess as much as you can on what you do know to make sure you have the opportunity to spend the time and resources learning and getting into what you really want to do. And I think that's fantastic advice. So for anybody out there who's looking to make a shift in the kind of law that they practice, or maybe it's a complete shift in practicing law or not, um, I think what you hit on is fantastic. So one of the first things you did was you got involved in some local organizations that would have your ideal clients. Yeah. So, and, oh, sorry. No, I was just saying the main one, you know, 
for for this was where are the game developers? Where are the content creators? What are they doing um, so that you can you know be top of mind with them? So did you? So basically, I mean, it sounds like you created your ideal client and then started Googling or searching or asking around where they were going to be, where they were going to get together. Yeah. Fantastic. So walk me through that first one, you know, that first meeting, that first event, you know, you walk in, how did that go? So I, after doing a lot of searching, I figured out that they, every, like the first Wednesday of every month, they had like a social get together. Uh, they called it the crawl and they would essentially go from a couple of different places in Orlando and they'd have uh, a meetup uh, beforehand where they chose one developer for the week or who would go in and show off their game um, and they'd have a speaker come in and they would talk about something in the industry and, and like I said afterwards we'd go out and get dinner and so you know the first one was nerve-wracking right you're going into a situation where you really don't know anyone um and you kind of just have to start talking uh and going through stuff I, the nice thing for me with this was since it was video games and i played them so often that the video game realm is very open um and you know for example like they a lot of times they have midnight releases of video games and so there'll be a line of people outside the GameStop, wherever you are that's where you're getting it and it's one of the few groups that I've seen where everyone will just talk to each other, right? Um, I've met people where we end up playing online together afterwards, other things, and just you're just talking about what you're waiting for or talking about other games that are coming out. Um, and so it becomes a lot easier to be able to kind of just walk up to someone and say, hey, you know, you created this game. This is awesome. Um, I really like this mechanic or I don't like that mechanic or, you know, how long have you been working on it? Um, and so... It, it was quicker for me to be able to get over those nerves, but there's definitely that moment where you're like, all right, who am I going to talk to? What am I going to do? I don't have that anchor of like, oh, I know Jordan and Jordan's over there. Let me go talk to him. Um, and so you have to kind of figure out that thing that, that you can touch on that you know they know. Um, and that'll allow you to kind of start the conversation. Um, and so that was that first conversation for me. And then really just trying to talk to as many people there as possible uh whoever the speaker was i tried to speak to them as well just to make sure that you get those connections started so correct me maybe correct me if i'm wrong I, it sounds like though you're you're going in and even if though you don't know anybody you're really able to be like your true authentic self like you're genuinely playing video games you're enjoying these things you're connecting with people that you know or at least know their product if you will is that correct? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I knowing the I, the thing you're getting into is so instrumental, just because it does give you that push, right? Where you can go. I understand if I'm playing 2K and the guy does a crossover that you can speed dribble out of the move, right? It's not something everyone knows, but if I go to a 2K event and I'm talking about it, they at least there's that authenticity there um, that allows them to connect with you on a personal level. I almost feel like that's a requirement. Like, I think if you had gone in and tried to niche into, I don't know, like wood whittlers or something like that, having no background in it and not knowing anybody, like, I almost feel like you have to have either an in, either a, a personal in or an in, an industry in, if you will. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I don't think I would have done very well at a, a wood whittling conference. <laughs> So I want to spin into, um, so you talked about 
we, we asked a question before about what motivates you to succeed. And so I want to read your response. I think it's great. And I think it ties into what you said. So you, what motivates you to succeed? The responsibility that I have to show my best for other minorities, many of whom have never met a black attorney. Additionally, I want the best outcome for my clients and thus need to make sure that I do everything to the best of my ability. And so with that, in this, talking to people in this video game industry at this conference, I'm assuming none of them know an attorney, period. Certainly not a black attorney. Certainly not an attorney that knows video games. Certainly not an experienced attorney. I mean, am I correct in that? Yeah, no. So it was actually really interesting. My very first event, actually, no, my second event I went to with them, it turned out there was another attorney in town who is doing the same thing and was also growing his firm at the same time. So they had not met an attorney and then they met two at the same time. Um, and so it was very interesting. And, and uh, his name is John Laster. We're really good friends. And it's funny because I think when we first met and we were at the thing, everyone kind of felt like we were going to be at odds with each other. And we were like, no, this is great. I have someone in town that I can ask questions, that I can run things by. You know, if I have any conflicts, I can give it to them. Um, but other than us, yeah, none of them really knew any. And there are still times where I go to things and they had, you know, someone new's there and they haven't met either one of us. Uh, and, you know, they're like, oh, I've, I didn't know there were any attorneys even doing this. Um, and so there is, you know, as, as that motivation thing said, there is kind of this responsibility that comes with that because you do kind of, in many people's mind, become a representative for what you're doing. And so becoming an attorney, if you do a bad job or you don't answer the phone calls or you don't talk to them, they do get a bad idea about attorneys in the realm in general. Um, and yeah, there've been plenty of times I've been places where someone has said like, they'd never met a black attorney, especially in minority communities. Um, and so for me, it definitely keeps me motivated. You know, if I'm having to work late or I'm having to do stuff to just go, listen, you need to do well, you need to be out there because it could be the difference in someone's life, right? If they end up meeting someone and they're like, this isn't something I thought I could do before, but seeing you, I now know it's something that's possible. Well, and what you talked about there makes so much sense because like ultimately the key part of being an attorney is understanding different individuals. And so it's like understanding what your client's going through. It's understanding what your jurors and your judges are going through to convey why you're right. And so it's really interesting that, you know, you, you have that from, an industry perspective you have that from a cultural perspective you have that from, i mean it's just it's amazing to me that i imagine them contacting some other attorney who has no idea about video games that was just like oh yeah the the office told me this was my thing and just not getting railroaded but not getting truly listened to as opposed to you know you're sitting there and talking the lingo with them. yeah and it's definitely interesting just because i think there's also this there's a, not necessarily a stigma, but just a, a stereotype that like attorneys aren't necessarily into these type of things. And so a lot of the times, the first couple of conversations are them like, oh, well, we're working on this. Do you know about Steam? Or do you know what that is? And like, I think beforehand they have to ask that because they're like, oh, no, I have no idea. Can you tell me? And meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have sales all the time. I love Steam. I use it all the time. So I do think that that helps um, with just that rapport with the people. So when you're talking with them, you're at these events, um, obviously you started this before COVID happens. So how has that changed a lot of these efforts? So COVID is really interesting. COVID happened right when the firm was starting to kind of get a settled presence and we're going to more things and people are starting to see us more often. And so of course everything shuts down. 
Um, and so there was definitely a moment where I had to go, okay, I can't go in person. What can I do to be able to stay on people's mind? Uh, and that was where the online marketing really came into play. And it's different because in the gaming world and in, in esports, and so you're not going to have the same, oh, let me just do a pay-per-click uh, campaign and that will, you know, get clients in because they're not really Google searching for it. You know, a lot of times prior to attorneys focusing on the field, it was like, hey, uh, I need an attorney for this. I'm putting out a game. I need an attorney. And they're talking to their friend and the friend's like, well, my dad's a dentist and he has an attorney. So just like try them out. Um, but they weren't Googling it. Um, and so I then kind of transitioned from conferences to using more of Twitter and Discord and other online forums where there's more interaction, right? Um, I think Facebook's great, but Facebook isn't really as interactive unless you're going into comments. Whereas I think Twitter and Discord is more of a conversation. It's more back and forth. Uh, and so I transitioned to there. Um, and that's also where I came up with the one of lawyer moniker as well, because I was trying to go, what can I, what can I have on Twitter uh, that really shows people that I'm into the realm um, and that is catchy enough that people, you know, are going to talk about it when they hear it. Um, and I know there's an attorney on, on Twitter who's really active. His name is Noah Downs and he has my attorney friend. And I was like, that, you know, it's catchy. It, 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 everyone uses it. And so I was like, what can I do that is going to be catchy? Uh, and so I came up with the one up lawyer cause you know, Mario, you get one ups, which are extra lives and also, you know, double meaning for, you know, you get one up on the competition and all types of stuff. And so, uh, you know, you need something that will connect with your audience, but that's also genuinely you. Uh, and so I'm actually working on a logo for that as well now with uh, a friend um, who is into artist, um, art and she does emotes for people on Twitch and other things. And so I just asked her, hey, you know, can, can I pay you and you go ahead and draft this up for me? So uh, definitely want to focus in, I think, with COVID on, on that internet marketing. So there's a lot I want to unpack there because I don't know whether you did this intentionally or unintentionally, you made so many great decisions in this moment. I mean, I love the fact that you're talking about, you know, what's the name that's going to be catchy and memorable that plays into this. I think you picked a great one. When you're talking about Twitch and Discord, you're you're going to where your ideal clients already are. You know there's going to be the discussion. You know that's the platform. You know, you're not going on Pinterest trying to find video gamers, but something along those lines. Um, so you're not swimming upstream. Do you think, though, that a part of this – so, like, we work with attorneys across the whole country to do marketing stuff, and especially, like, estate planning attorneys – their clients tend to be an older crowd, not as tech savvy. Your crowd, obviously, well, let me say obviously, I assume is going to be more tech savvy. If they're playing video games, if they're designing games, they should know their way around a computer, I think. Am I right yeah, 90% of them, 90%. There are a few, okay. you're, we're starting to get more uh, older developers, right? Where, you know, they, they saw and want to get into it. And so they're not necessarily as tech savvy yet in the, Twitter and Discord and stuff like that. Whereas like they might be computer savvy, like they can program a computer in a heartbeat, but not, don't necessarily use the item that they're doing. But it's definitely the, the vast majority of them are very much you know, in tune with all of this. Are you finding the number of people or the amount of engagement to have exploded during COVID on these platforms? Or do you find that your audience was already there 
in you know high numbers using it and this has just continued the trend i think it's exploded only in that i think beforehand before covid life was so full of stuff that you were doing right so i'm going to this place i'm going to that place i'm doing this thing i'm doing that thing and so there would be interaction on these apps but it was more sporadic right so they'd be like oh something happened we're all going to hop on discord talk about it or talk about it on twitter and i think that with covid and people kind of having more i guess me time uh that there's been more discussions there's been more use of twitter uh and discord to even get information out uh than there was before but it, it definitely was always a big thing in the industry um i just think that covid kind of was a catalyst more or less just to make it ramp up quicker i mean it sounds like to some extent covid accelerated the time spent on those platforms just as much as it accelerated the people going onto those platforms yeah definitely all right so for anybody moving into a new niche whether it's creative or not you know we're talking about finding the local events activities groups that have your ideal clients in it for you you know that was going to um, the ones over here then we're talking about engaging with your ideal clients on social media in the channels that they're in. So you pick Discord and Twitter, which I think is fantastic. Um, obviously, for other people and other creatives, I think Instagram is going to be a lot very popular. Just depends upon what industry, what niche you're going for. And then obviously, the more the more business niche you get, the more I think you're looking at something like LinkedIn. Um, what else, what other advice do you have for somebody on getting into that new niche, getting into that new area and specific, oh my God, I can't talk, specifically dealing with creatives? So I definitely think that's poignant that you do really need to know what group you're dealing with. So like, yes, if you're going to be dealing with photographers or other creators in that realm, then Instagram is great, right? Because they're always taking the pictures, putting it up on Instagram. So commenting on those, going to those things. Um, I do think, depending, especially if we're talking in the legal realm, I think figuring out where you can practice, right? Because I, you know, figured out very quickly, we're dealing with business contracts and IP, right? Intellectual property stuff. And so IP is a federal thing. You really don't have much state IP. Like there's state trademarks, but it's rare for it to ever happen. And so I realized really quickly, I can do intellectual property anywhere in the country. Um, and so I, you know, once I figured that out, I was like, I shouldn't limit myself to just the local conferences. So I need to go to TwitchCon. I need to go to E3. I need to go to these major conferences where you're going to meet people who might not be in your local jurisdiction, but that you can still work with. Um, and on top of that, you know, you need a mentor. I, I think having mentors is great. Um, you know, it's it's marketing in that they're in the field already, but also you're going to learn a lot from them. It'll help your anxiety of learning something new. Um, I have, gosh, five, six that I, you know, can go to and be like, hey, I, you know, I have this thing going on. Definitely go to them. I try and go to people more on the, this is what I'm doing. Am I on the right track? I don't, I don't like going to people like, hey, how do I do this? Because to me, you're not putting in that work that you need to on your end. Um, which goes to my next point, you got to put in work. Um, definitely have to put in work in order to do it. Like I said, the beginning of doing this and COVID helped to an extent just because criminal kind of stopped short. Uh, and so there was a long period of time where, you know, we were getting clients in, but it wasn't as much on the criminal end. And so I was able to then put a little more time toward uh, the learning of, of the field and learning business law and learning corporations and, you know, I guess it should be relearning. I learned it before, but <laughs> relearning it, reapplying it. Um, 
So, and you want to go into these situations looking, I look for friendships as opposed to clients. Uh, uh, Attorney Huffman told me, you know, if you go into a situation looking for clients, you're going to leave with neither friends nor clients. Uh, so definitely I, I look for friendships. One of my, one of my clients that, you know, I mean, he sends me Christmas cards now. We do a whole bunch of stuff. He, he I went in more talking about being a minority in the gaming field and in, in, in esports because there's not many and we're growing in number, but there really aren't many there yet. You know, it's harder to get a fan base for, for content creators on Twitch who are minorities. And so, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, it kind of picked up at the time. Uh, and so, you know, I was talking with him about what, what can we do to help, you know, teach people that this is something you can do. This is a realm that you can go into. Uh, and from there, you know, he called me one day and was like, hey, I have this thing. Can you can you draft up a memorandum of understanding for me? And I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll get that to you. Um, and so, you know, at first I really didn't go into talking to him about working together. And, you know, now we have done a bunch of different things together. Um, and I guess. But I think that's why. That, yeah. Not, yeah. Not the, the self-fulfilling prophecy, because you went into it with the understanding of building that relationship is why it became well, let me, you know, let me use you for some of this work. Yeah, definitely. I, I think going in for friends is is definitely the the best way to do it. And it takes a little bit more time, right? Because you know you have to build a friendship, but uh, I think it's longer lasting, and you're more likely to have them come back for future work too. Yeah, I mean, the question becomes: Do you do you want to make a thousand dollars tomorrow, or do you want to make a hundred thousand dollars over the next twenty years? And a lot of people make the short sighted decisions, which are some, which are effective in the short term but if you make the long-term play it's a lot more beneficial yeah and especially in this realm you know a lot of the indie developers and stuff like that don't necessarily have big budgets um and you know attorneys very a lot there's a push for big firms to get into this realm and i think a lot of the times they end up pricing themselves out because when you come to somebody who's starting up their own game and you're like yeah here's here's a bill for twenty thousand dollars and they're like whoa, whoa, whoa i don't that type of money to, to, to spend. Um, but I do think, you know, we've had to do a lot of creative bargaining, I guess, you know, trying to figure out what can we do, you know, so that we can get you the protection you need so that this thing can grow, um, which definitely helps as well. Get some equity in the game or the company. You have, uh, you know, you'll be doing the contracts for the next Minecraft or something. Exactly. You never know what will blow up. So It's very interesting. So I, I love it. I mean, it's in it. It always fascinates me how the advice that we give or the advice that we hear from our guests are always so similar, even when the industry is so different. You know, we're going to events, we're building long-term relationships with people, we're engaging with them on social media where they already are, um, we're finding mentors, you know, we're building these connections. It's just, it's fascinating to see uh, that it, it seems to work. I mean, that's what everybody says across, you know, across the different niches, across the different industries. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, our industries are different, but you're dealing with people, right? And I think that people kind of boil down to the same things. We're looking for that security. We're looking for for people who know what they're talking about. So, you know, the other thing we did, uh, I spent a lot of time writing articles and writing blog posts and doing things like that where I can show, listen, two things. One, this is really complicated, so you should probably hire somebody because you're not going to understand everything that's going on. And two, you know, here's at least the knowledge right so if you don't have an attorney if you don't have this here's at least the baseline like look out for these things look out for this issue um and i think that when you're doing that when you're when you're reading the same group you, it really does boil down to 
people just want to feel secure uh, and that when you do more genuine marketing and showing who you are as a person that people feel secure in that. So, and I'm going to give you more credit than you're giving yourself though, because you, you also wrote in a completely different aspect of this, you wrote an article or two for a local bar journal so that other attorneys would know you were doing this stuff. I remember the one you did about loot boxes and then tying it back into some gambling laws and stuff over history. I just thought that was fascinating. Was that intentional? Yes and no. I think I've always liked learning new things. I think that knowledge is is power for for a cliche for you, but uh, you know, I think that learning new things and really talking about things in the, in the realm helps. And there's at least a part of it where you're like, yeah, I think telling people, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is an area that you have someone in town, definitely helps because when they have that rare client who needs something done, you know, you're there. You know, I had a a referral from another attorney where it's a content creator who has a copyright infringement claim and you know i don't know that they would have thought of me if i hadn't written that article or i hadn't talked to them about it um but at the same time i think you got to do stuff that you want to do or you're not going to do it you know you're not going to put that energy or effort into it and so i think for me just writing about this stuff is a, a nice way to learn more too because you don't want to put out a bad product, right? And and you you want to write about something that you can say, I learned it, I talked about it, I've read these cases, I've done this thing. Um, and so I think it helps both on the personal front and on the marketing front. So before I follow up on that, I do want to circle back for one second. So when we're talking about loot boxes, um, in essence, your article was about like the microtransaction games, the gotcha games, the you know paying for a random item. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, for anybody who didn't pick up the lingo. Yeah. One of the main places you'll see it is in a lot of sports games. Uh, you know, you're going to buy a, a card pack and they're going to give you three random cards, you know, but you buy that with real currency, whether you earn it in game or pay for it with your own, you know, us currency or, you know, whatever country you're from currency, you, you end up paying for that. And there's a large, push right now for if there should be regulation just because it really is gambling right now there's a question you know to our if, if we're going to do it for games are our trading cards gambling right if you go buy a pack of pokemon cards is that gambling because it's the same idea i'm going to give you a dollar 75 and i might get a pikachu uh you know no well i had a uh even taking it a step further i was at top golf a couple weeks ago with my kid who's going to be three and they have this like giant gumball machine, but it's it's golf balls. And there's only two colors in there. There's yellow and red. And I was like, he's like, all right, I want one. And they're like five bucks for one golf ball. I was like, all right, I'll get you one golf ball. And I, the minute he went to put it in, I'm like, he's gonna get the color he doesn't want. And sure enough, <laughs> the yellow one comes rolling down. He's like, dad, dad, want red one, want red one. And I'm like, bro, I don't know what to tell you. So yeah. I can only imagine, you know, some kid like Roblox, I think is the, the big one for like eight to 12 year olds right now, like spending, who knows, $50 of real money and then being like, no, I want the, I want the green go card. I want this. I want that, you know, whatever it is um, from the randomness of the game. It's very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, when you're getting into things like 2K or other, other game companies that are doing it, you're not looking at five. Sometimes you're looking at hundreds, thousands. People put thousands of dollars into these things just to, to not get what they want. Yeah, I always, it's fascinating to me because like I'll, I'll play around on like some of the random games uh, on my phone. Like that's the extent of my thing. So it's all the microtransactions. 
and some of these like the packs that they'll sell it's like oh yeah uh, you know a five-star platinum level james harden character in the fake game and it's like 199 dollars. and i'm like who the heck is spending that for like the phone stuff but they're making money they are and lots of it 2k is one of the most profitable game companies out there and their two big games are a basketball game and grand theft auto right and and both of them they have these things where you you, know, you got to put in tons of either time or money in order to do really well. And 2K was smart about it because they made a tournament where you know the grand prize is $250,000, right? And so some people are doing it as their business pretty much, right? And so if you're looking at it as a business expense, if I can put down 5,000 to make 250, that's a great you know ROI there. Um, but the likelihood of winning that is so small that they're just making tons of money off. But it certainly made the likelihood of you winning is certainly giving you better odds by spending money on the upgraded items, characters, whatever. Yeah. Very so it's interesting. an interesting, interesting realm. And I think that there's going to be, you know, we've had one Senator try and do something with it. And I think more are going to tag along if, if the industry doesn't make some changes. So, all right. Then I want to circle back with something that you said before you talked about, like you got it, you got to, you were writing on what makes you happy. You know, you're focusing on doing what makes you happy. So have you found yourself to be genuinely happier personally and professionally as you become more and more in this niche? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that I, I was definitely unhappy by the end of my time at the state attorney's office. Um, I think as just as the as politics, people. yes, as I'm most, you know, the politics, the amount of work you're doing, the pay, there's a whole bunch of different issues going on there. Um, but being a private attorney in and of itself has different stressors and running a business has different stressors. And I, I think that I'm happier with this stress than I was with that stress. Um, you mean and, running a business in general? Yeah, running a business, but, and, and the law that I'm practicing, you know, I think when I came out of law school, I thought I want to be in court. I want to be in court. I want to, you know, the theater of court and talking to people and doing stuff like that. And the more I got into it at the state attorney's office and the more stakes there were that came with trials and things like that, the less I enjoyed it. It, it became, I was so worried about what was gonna happen that I couldn't even really be in the moment. Um, and, you know, I think my sociology degree, you know, you're studying people, you're studying things like that. So you can get, you can get stuck in your own head, just analyzing things and discussing things like that. Um, Analy and, analysis by analysis. Yes, exactly. And so all of a sudden, what wouldn't have been an awkward interaction is now incredibly awkward because you just outthought yourself. Um, and, you know, in court, you just, there's no control, right? Like, I, either side. Um, but, you know, I call a witness up and hope that they're going to say what I told them to say. And there's no control there. They could say it, they could not. Um, and so I think after a while, I realized. I could do court instance. I didn't need it to be six hours a day every day. Um, and the thought that goes into drafting a contract kind of attracted me. And once I got into it, I realized, you know, it's fun just thinking that, okay, I said this sentence, but what are the possibilities that could happen because of it? What could they do? What could they not do? Um, and so that became more fun. And I think I realized that I enjoy kind of a mix of both, right? So give some court time in, but, you know, at the same time, be able to kind of sit in the office in front of the computer screen and kind of just bang out an agreement or something like that. Well, and it's interesting because you've got, I mean, you're talking about court time, but I see there are going to be two gigantic court cases coming 
in some manner along the lines of a lot of what you're talking about. One being um, the company that's suing Apple because of the, uh, I forgot which company it is. It's got yeah, Epic Games with Fortnite. Yeah. So Epic Games is suing Apple because they've got a monopoly on the platform and they take 30% and they're trying to push from that. I think that's going to be an incredibly complicated and in-depth lawsuit because the the pay, the long-term effects of this are in the billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then you've also, on the flip side to that, and this is a little bit more marketing, but then you've got like Facebook and Google getting pissed off at Apple that Apple's allowing users to hide more of their data. And I think you're going to see some litigation come in there as to like, how much access are we willing to give up as we're going digital, as we're across the internet, as we're utilizing all these different programs. And so I think you're going to see some incredibly, insanely good litigation on some of these gigantic cases. Yeah. And I actually know some of the counsel for Epic Games and, you know, I mean, they're all incredibly smart and, and the things that they have to go through in, in these cases is thousands of pages of, of legal discourse. Um, and I think one of the main things is going to push a lot of litigation in this realm is that a lot of these laws were created well before, you know, I mean, before there was a YouTube, let alone in any of these other things that have come out, you know, Twitch and, and Discord, and, uh, TikTok, which TikTok drives me insane with the things that I see on it. Like, oh, there's so much liability in here for copyright infringement and other things. And you're just going to see a lot of cases start to pop up just because I don't think the law has really caught up with the technology yet. Makes perfect sense. All right. So as we get towards the end of here, um, any big things that we're missing? I think really evaluating yourself and knowing what you like, what I don't want to call them weaknesses because I don't think they're really weaknesses, but really like what, what is your personality type and what do you need to at least work on in order to bring yourself out of whatever bubble you're in or, or really push yourself to the group that you're trying to, to work with um, is kind of the biggest takeaway here. Makes perfect sense. All right, so before we start to wrap up, can you give everybody your contact information one more time? So I don't have to sure. go back to the beginning. It's Sean at mcnjlaw.com, S-E-A-N, and then mcandjlaw.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is at the one of lawyer. My website is mcnjlaw.com, uh, and phone number is 407-476-7224. All right. So before we let everybody go, we're going to have a couple questions more for Sean. But before that, I want to do a shout out to our next upcoming show. So that will be this Thursday. So today's Monday, this Thursday, 1.30 Eastern time. We're going to be talking with Darren Heitner. Um, Darren is a Florida attorney who is probably most famous or infamous for representing Antonio Brown through a number of the experiences that he's had. So he's going to talk to us about starting a firm and going through some of those. Darren also runs a uh, gigantically large Facebook group for attorneys here in Florida called Attorneys. So he'll share with us some of the success that he's had from those things. So if you're enjoying these shows, please come back on Thursday at 1.30 to interact with Darren Heitner. All right, so before I let you go, let me tap into that smart Ivy League brain of yours one more time. If somebody's been listening to this for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, and they take nothing from this. Like they completely forgot everything that you said. What's that one biggest piece of advice you want to give to lawyers when it comes to running a practice, being happy, finding their niche, you know, anything along those lines? 
biggest thing is definitely networking, network, network, network. You know, you gotta meet people. You have to get out there and that's on both the client side and really on your, your legal, your legal uh, village, I'll call it, right? You need to have those people that you can go to, that you can ask questions, that can can help you do stuff. Because at the end of the day, we're all human. We get tired. We have things that we miss. And having that fresh pair of eyes that are there to really help you, um, if you missed anything or other things you can do or other places you can go, you know, they might know about a conference that you didn't know about. And they're like, hey, you know, there's this esports conference that's happening tomorrow. Do you want to go? Um, I know for me, one of the main things that has really helped my knowledge base is I joined the Esports Bar Association. Um, and, you know, it's a bunch of attorneys who get together and they're really in esports. And do they know video game stuff? Not necessarily, but some of them do, you know, and, and it's a, a network that I can rely on if I have questions. Um, if I, I mean, just to vent, you know, I, you have a client that called you and said something, you just want to vent, you know, I think having that is really instrumental in helping your business grow and helping you as an attorney yeah i just i think that a lot of attorneys downplay the importance maybe that's the fair term because when you're talking about building a network with other professionals or other attorneys you know you're gonna have mentors you're gonna have the devil's advocate you're gonna have the venting you're gonna have the fun times together you're gonna have co-counsels or expert witnesses you're gonna have conflicts you're gonna have mentors and mentees i mean it's just it's amazing to me how building that genuine relationship like you talk about i mean there's 15 different ways that that's helpful for you you know physically emotionally financially professionally and and yet a lot of attorneys don't connect with anybody and it's you know it's one thing during covid but during a more normal time that we will hopefully knock on wood you know get back to a couple months here but yeah definitely i think you know we're, we're, we're called counsel for a reason. I think we need to counsel each other too, right? Um, it's not just counseling clients. I like that. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Definitely. Thank you for the invite. It was great. Are we off, Rizzy? Yeah, I think he gave us a thumbs up. Oh, I I didn't see your screen. I pinned uh, I pinned Sean. Cool. So, um, any feedback that you have for us from your perspective, Sean? Um, that's all good. Can you guys hear me? Here we go.